Hello friends, this is episode 48 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff, I'm a pastor and an author, and I'm just thrilled that you have decided to listen in today to this interview with Lacey Buchanan. Lacey and her family are truly amazing, um, they've got this incredible story um, that I'm going to let Lacey tell, so just uh, hang in through this intro and, uh, and then you can listen in on, uh, on this interview. Uh, you may also want to today check out the show notes for this episode. Uh, there are links to Lacey's Facebook page uh, and also to her book, which is called Through the Eyes of Hope. So if you go to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash Lacey, and that's spelled L-A-C-E-Y, uh, my regular listeners will know that last week I had a different Lacey on the show who spelled her name without the E. So this one is L-A-C-E-Y, and you want to head over to those show notes. Um, there's a few links to things that we talk about, but mainly to her Facebook page and to her book. Also, Lacey's book, Through the Eyes of Hope, uh, she I should mention she uh, wrote that along with a friend of mine named Bethany Jett, and that's how Lacey and I got connected, was through Bethany, so a big thank you to her. Uh, also, I'm giving away a copy of Lacey's book, but not just Lacey's book. Uh, you can enter to win 24 different books that I am giving away. They're all by authors who have been guests on this podcast. So again, if you head to that page, you'll see the giveaway there. It's only open until March 28th, 2018. Uh, or you can just head to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash giveaway. Uh, and there are these amazing titles there from some incredible authors. Some you might have heard of, some that you maybe have not heard of. And there's fiction, there's nonfiction, uh, there's church leadership books, there's devotional books. Uh, there's all kinds of things, all kinds of different uh, theological standpoints as well, which I love. Like, I love that we have people coming from different angles and different ways of thinking about God who've been guests on this show. Um, so I hope that's something you'd be interested in, too. Also, when you sign up for that giveaway, you're automatically put on my regular mailing list uh, where you'll hear about upcoming episodes um, and also other things that I might be doing or giving away or books that might be coming out. So uh, it's uh, good to even just get on that to get regular updates about what we are doing here at Spirituality for Ordinary People. So yeah, uh, without further ado, here is the interview with Lacey Buchanan. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Lacey Buchanan on the podcast. Welcome, Lacey. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, we should uh, we should say right away, uh, Lacey. You have your kids at home with you, and uh, I know you homeschool as well as just kind of taking care of them. Yep. Um, and so, if people hear that in the background, that's that's what's that's what's going on. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, I, I if we could just kind of jump right in, um, and and maybe you could just share with us a bit of your story because I think it's really like you have a you have an amazing story, uh, personal story to share about your life and uh, being a mom and what is special about your uh, your family and your kids. So maybe just share with us a little bit of your story. Um, yeah. So um, my husband and I 
uh, got married in 2008 and um, less than two years into our marriage, um, we got pregnant and we were super excited. Um, but really quickly into the pregnancy, we found out that um, the baby had some issues. And so doctors were really unsure what those issues were um, up until his birth and even just shortly after. And um, so it was a roller coaster ride of, is he going to live? Is he going to um, be disabled? Is he going to, um, you know, make it through the pregnancy even? Um, doctors were tossing around the idea that he might not even be compatible with life outside the womb. Wow. Um, yeah. So we were, um, it, it was a roller coaster ride, um, honestly. And so once he was born, um, it, the roller coaster got bigger. <laughs> um, and so he was born with a, an incredibly rare um, birth defect. And he's literally one in like 50 or 60 documented cases in the entire world. Um, and the birth defect is called Tessier cleft lip and palate. Um, and it has um, a myriad of classifications and, um, so his classification uh, resulted in him having a cleft, um, a facial cleft that started at the corners of his mouth um, and went up into his eyes. And so basically his eyes um, did not fully develop in utero and left him blind. Um, and so that also left a lot of defect inside of his mouth. So, so speaking and eating and things like that um, were not, they just weren't going to happen without surgical intervention. And so that's my cat. Um, and so um, he had to have surgery within like the first four days of his life to put in a feeding tube. And um, he was in the NICU for um, almost, well, I think it was exactly a month, um, exactly four weeks. Today's actually the um, anniversary of him coming home from the NICU, March 15th. Yeah, we always celebrate it every year. It was a big day. Um, and it was like a, a second birthday, sort of. Um, and so um, so after that, we thought things would settle down once he got out of the NICU. And things did not settle down. Um, they just sort of got even more crazy because at least in the NICU, the doctors could come to us. And once we got out of the NICU, we had to go to the doctors. And we were just living at the hospital Um planning the next surgery, going through surgeries, going through recoveries, um, you know, dealing with medical supplies and a speeding tube and, um, and just nine specialists. I think it was when he came out of the NICU that we had to visit almost weekly. Um, and it was just really, really overwhelming, um, for first time young parents. Um, and so our life over the last uh, he just turned seven. So our life over the last seven, eight, almost eight years, if you count the pregnancy, has just been a wild roller coaster ride. Um, and all that sounds, you know, people are probably thinking, oh, how hard and how difficult. Um, but really, like, I don't want people to think that and stop there because it has been difficult. But I want people to know, like, that it has been so full of joy as well. And um, and just and it's been an amazing like roller coasters are fun, right? I mean, you keep on them because they're fun. <laughs> you know, maybe my, my when you're on would, it. My wife would agree with you. I don't know if that yeah. I agree with you. Some people hate them, but yeah, you get on it and you're screaming and you're scared and you get off and you're like, let's do it again. You know, that's right. that's kind of how I feel. Like I would, you know, I do it over a million times um, for him. And so, um, so yeah, that's sort of a short synopsis of our story. Wow. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. And there's, there's so much there. Um, mm. 
But I want to read like a, a little tiny bit from your book. Actually, you have the acknowledgments at the beginning of your book, which is unusual. I'm usually there at the end, but I kind of like that they're at the beginning. Um, and you lead with, first, I want to thank God for leading me down the unfamiliar paths in my life, for turning my darkness into light and for always being near. You held me close in my darkest moments and opened my blinded eyes to the overwhelming love that is who you are. And I just think, wow. Um, so where have you seen God in this journey, like in your walk as a family? Um, and we should maybe mention too, like you have another son as well. So your son, Christian is the one you've shared about, Yes. Um, but there's also Chandler who. Yes. Yes. Chandler's younger brother. And, um, yeah. yeah, I could talk about him all day too. And he's been such a blessing to our family. He, God knows what you need, you know, and, um, and he's good to provide it. And so Chandler, was um, Chandler, his name means um, one who brings the light. And so he's sort of ushered in into our family. Um, I'm going to cry talking about it, but just like an area, like an era of happiness and light. And not that Christian didn't, but there was a heaviness um, associated with Christian's birth and with trying to just trying to learn how to be parents um, and manage all of the complexities that, that, you know, came along with Christian's needs and, and there was so much joy in it. But during that time, sometimes we struggled to see the joy um, in it because, you know, like when you're in the middle of the circumstance, you know, the circumstance can be so defining and so, so real. I mean, you're feeling it right there. And so, um, so yeah, so that, that acknowledgement, um, Really, you know, when when I reread it, I go back to I look back on the last seven years and on the difficulties and the challenges and on, you know, sitting in a hospital room, praying that Christian was going to you know be OK after a surgery and, and things like that. And I look back on it and it's so hard and so heavy, but I don't have a feeling of sadness with it. And I don't have a feeling of like grief with it that I think a lot of people might associate with it. I have a feeling of um, it's so hard to put into words. It's, it's sort of like, like, wow, we made it through this and we are better people for it. And I would do it, like I said, a million times over if that's what I had to do to be Christian's mom. And, you know, I, I, I've been a Christian since I was 15 years old. Um, and I don't think I knew what it really meant until Christian was born. Um, and I had to choose to, you know, I had a choice to make. Am I going to, you know, throw away this relationship that I thought I had with God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do? Or am I going to say, you know, no matter what, um, you are good and I will follow you and I will trust you. And so I had to trust God. I had to learn to trust God when my entire world was falling down around me. Um, and when I wanted nothing more than for him to just fix it and he didn't just fix it for me. Um, but he led me through it and through that, he opened my eyes to see beauty that, you know, I think a lot of people miss the beauty that is within some of these hard circumstances. And, um, and he, like I said, he's made me a better person for it. And, um, you know, Christian is blind physically, but I think I was blind spiritually. I thought, I, I felt like God was this magic genie who, if I did what I was supposed to do and I followed this recipe, he was going to do what I asked, you know, and if he didn't, he must not be good. Um, but he opened my eyes to see that that's just not how it works and that he is trustworthy and he is faithful 
when my world is falling down around me. Hmm. So like, can you say more about like how, like, were you, was that an act, like an act of kind of live decision for you just saying like, I'm just going to walk away from God, like just forget it. Um, and then was there something that happened that kind of turned, turned that for you? Like, like what was that decision like, or, or was some, did something happen that prompted that? Yeah. Well, so from Christian's birth up until he was about three or four months old, I, I would say he had a surgery when he was three months old that absolutely rocked my world. And I thought in my head, Christian has to have like 30, 40, 50 surgeries over his life. We don't know exactly. And this was the first or, well, this was the second, um, but uh, the first big one. And I thought, how am I going to do this 30, 40, 50 more times? I like, I cannot emotionally, physically continue to go through this for the rest of my life. And, and I became very angry and, and bitter that this was like the hand that I had been dealt, you know, like, why don't I get a healthy baby? Why do I have to sit in hospital room um, mm-hmm. with my child and, and beg God to let him live? And, you know, and then there are people who, you know, get to have healthy babies. Like what, what did I do that's so wrong that they did so right? Because here I was, I had been in church since I was 15. Um, I was leading praise and worship when Christian was born. I was teaching a Sunday school class. We were attending church two, three, four times a week. Uh, you know, we were doing all these things right. Um, and then this sort of like fell in our laps. And I thought, how unfair and how mean must God be to let this happen to me, you know, and to let this happen to my innocent child. And that was sort of the mindset that came over me. And I started just demanding that God answer me. <laughs> I was really prideful, like, God, you have to answer me, you know. Um, and, and I was angry. And I said, you know, you, I deserve an answer. I deserve an explanation about why you would let this happen to me. Um, and so I was, I was going through all this. And I was actually still working at the time. Christian was about four months old, I think. And um, I worked at a daycare. Um, and... It was um, nap time, so it was really quiet, and we always played um, music for the kids while they were sleeping. And so I'm sitting there having this internal dialogue with God, and I will I will remember this day until the day I die. Um, and I'm sitting there just fussing at God, like, why are you doing this? I demand an explanation. I'm so angry, you know. And thank God He's big enough to like handle that that yeah. stuff, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and this uh, song comes on by Laura Story, Blessings. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard it like a million times and I wasn't paying any attention to it. And one line just in the song just sort of like hit me. Um, And it said, what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? And it it was just literally like, I mean, God couldn't have more clearly said here, you know, this is, you know, this is for you. And I mean, just in an instant, um, nothing else in my life happens that quickly. Like I, (laughs) I have to go through processes usually, but in an instant, you know, like I realized how, silly I was being because, you know, if my, my choices were to not have Christian and not deal with it or to have Christian and to deal with it, I would deal with it for, you know, for the rest of my life. If this is what I had to do to be Christian's mom. And, and that's because I, I was, Christian was a gift. He wasn't a burden. You know, he was um, a gift to me and, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to live past birth and he was, and, and he was, he was living 
in a way that he wasn't in any threat of, of losing his life. You know, he was going to live. He was going to be healthy. And here I was complaining because it wasn't perfect or how I wanted it to be. Um, and, and that was when my whole attitude just changed about it. And I quit complaining about it because um, I felt like complaining about it was saying, like, I don't want to be his mom. And I did want to be his mom. I absolutely wanted to be his mom. And that's when God really started showing me his goodness because um, he had been good to give me Christian and he had gifted me with Christian and, and it was a blessing and not a curse. And it just sort of turned my whole, my whole attitude around. Yeah. This, uh, this last weekend, I was going to share with you that um, I was, uh, I was thinking about this interview um, and talking to you because I was preaching on uh, the story in John of Jesus healing the man who's born blind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, it's going back to a comment you made about spiritual blindness, like that story, people ask the first question the disciples ask are who sinned? Was it this, this man who's blind or his parents? And you just right. saying that same question that came to you, right? Like, what have I done wrong that this happened to our family? Um, you know, those questions have been asked for millennia yep. <laughs> around, around this. And Jesus' answer is actually God's glory is going to be shown here. Yeah. And, and that just made me think like the, some of your answers making me think of that story of, oh, we're going to get to see something about God that we maybe wouldn't have normally seen. Right. And, uh, and maybe that's happened a little bit for you yes. and for other people who you've been able to share your story with. Um, yeah. Either through your book or videos or, or whatever. I know like there's a YouTube video that went all over the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think maybe that's given people a glimpse into something of the glory of God that we wouldn't, that, that we wouldn't be able to see. So Absolutely. in a lot of ways, it's, it's thank you for sticking through the hard times, um, even for the rest of us to be able to see, to see that. Um, yeah. so I don't know what I'm asking there, but it just kind of <laughs> made me think of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the subtitle of your book, um, well, actually the title of your book is, is Through the Eyes of Hope, which mm-hmm. uh, is a great title. Yeah. Um, and then the subtitle is Love More, Worry Less, and See God in the Midst of Your Adversity. Um, mm-hmm. So, and you've been talking a little bit about how that's played out in your own life, but I don't know if you want to share more about that in even in a general sense or how you might advise others to live this out like what can people how can people engage with your story and kind of bring that into their own lives because i think sometimes we hear like your story sounds just from the outside an extreme story and it's inspirational in one sense but it's almost it it can sometimes be harder to relate to if you're Mm -hmm. outside of it Mm -hmm. um so i think it's helpful for people to hear directly from you how do yeah. you think people might, what might they learn, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I always say. Um, everybody is going to have the worst day of their life. Um, it's not going to look the same and it can be a totally different circumstance than, you know, your, your child that you love being born with a really severe condition. Um, it can be, you know, the loss of a spouse. It can be the loss of financial stability. It can be anything, but that is one thing that all humans have in common. Um, we're all going to have the worst day of our life. Um, and we, I feel like it's just almost like 
our natural instinct to immediately like want to blame somebody. (laughs) And um, so when things happen like a birth condition, who can you blame? You know, like nobody, nobody caused it. So it must've been God, right? I mean, he's to blame. Like if he's all powerful um, and all knowing, then he knows this is going on and he could fix it if he wanted to. So why is he not fixing it? You know? And I think our natural, like, instinct is to go to, well, God must be a bully. He must be picking on me. You know, he's the God up there with the magnifying glass, looking down at the ants and letting the sun burn them kind of, that's like the image that, that I think of. And I feel like just in our humanness, that's what we go to. Um, and, um, you know, the, the subtitle, like loving more and worrying less and seeing God in the midst of your adversity. I feel like it's a mindset, you know, it's in the face of the worst day of your life, um, knowing that God is good and that that doesn't change based on your circumstances and knowing that God is trustworthy, um, you know, and that he's, that he's faithful and that the things that he promises, he, he's, he will deliver. Um, and knowing those things and looking at a circumstance completely changes your perspective on it because we are so, I mean, the circumstance is here. It's real. It's painful. Um, you know, and, and it's not saying that we're not going to be hurt and it's not saying that it's not going to be difficult. Um, but it's just, it's a whole life perspective about like this circumstance does not define God. Um, God can define the circumstance. And, and that's sort of like what I think of when I, you know, um, when I wrote the the subtitle, just sort of, it's a life perspective to have, no matter what is thrown my way, no matter how many more hard days I have, the truths about God are still the truth, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it also makes me think of like, where, where does joy come from? Cause you've mentioned joy as well today. Um, and thinking like, where do you find, where do you find your joy? Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you find yours? Where does that come from? Um, Gosh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that wasn't on the script. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. You know, like just in like in the literal sense, I find joy in like so many small things. Like just my kids, I feel like my kids are hilarious, and maybe I'm biased, but you know, they do things and they say things that are so funny, and you know, we'll just like sit and belly laugh, and that's like a joy to me to um, just to get to experience those things and those sweet moments in life. And, and, and it's deeper than that, of course, but mm-hmm. I feel like I can enjoy those little small things and, and find joy in those because of this bigger concept that, that God has my circumstances under his control. And I don't have to, um, I don't have to worry and, and, you know, just get myself worked up over this, this big picture that, yeah, Christian is still blind. Um, he still has challenges ahead of him. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just praying that I'm doing everything I can do for him. Um, you know, and, and then everything else is up to God. You know, I mean, I don't, there are things that are out of my control, whether I worry about them or not. (laughs) And, and so I feel like the joy comes from being able to let those things go and let God deal with them and trust that he is dealing with them. Um, and that they're not just up to like fate or up to, you know, whatever, wherever the cards may fall. Um, it, it's, it's in God's hands. And so I can laugh and I can enjoy those little, those little things because, 
um, the big things are not up to me. <laughs> yeah. I think too, like I found that there's, there's almost a joy in knowing that there are some things, there are things beyond our control, like, and that we're just, there's yeah. joy in trusting and realizing, okay, like this is God's and I'm trusting God with, with my life, with my children. Um, yeah. It, it reminds me of um, the first time I heard this uh, uh, call and response at the beginning of a worship service. Uh, it, it, uh, it goes, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. And it kind of goes back and forth. You might have heard that. Um, first time I heard that was when I was in Malawi on a mission trip. And Malawi is one of the poorest countries in the world. And the people saying it in worship are basically shouting it at the beginning of worship. And these are people who are living many of them in just abject poverty and really have no way of getting out. Like it's totally beyond their control. Um, yeah. They shout that at the beginning of every worship service. But what yeah. I, what a lot of people haven't heard is the rest of what they say. And some of the places that we went in worship was God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And that's his nature. And then they go, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so good. Like, it's not yeah. just yeah. God's goodness and we're celebrating that and we're just claiming that, but we're also saying, and that's who God is. Yeah. That's heart. right. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of just knowing and being able to rest in how loved you are. Yeah. Um, everything else is going to be okay because I'm loved by the creator of the universe, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so tell us, tell us a little more about your sons because we can hear them. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so Christian is seven now, which is just blows my mind. Um, and I mean, he's just, he's awesome. He does karate. Um, and he's, yeah. And he's, he improves so much every day. Um, he's taking violin lessons. And so Christian has always sort of had to struggle with, um, developmental things that other kids sort of find easy. He didn't walk until he was, um, over two years of age. Um, but like when you can't see <laughs> and when you've spent a lot of time in the hospital, you've got some stuff working against you. And so it was expected. Um, and he's had to work really, really hard just to do things that other kids sort of just do, whether you work with them or not. Um, and so violin is one of those things where like, he just, he doesn't like, he doesn't even have to try. It just like happens for him. I mean, he just is a natural at it. And so he's taking violin lessons now and he's just flying through it. And it's, it's just amazing like to watch him, um, to do that, you know? And, um, so that's, that's just awesome. I think eventually he's probably going to master more than one instrument, to be honest. Like he has perfect pitch. I think he can like I can play him a note on the piano and he can tell me what note it is <laughs> and I can't do that. Yeah. He, I mean, he's impressive. Um, he, he's a really smart kid. Um, he's learning to read Braille. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, and which is incredible. So I'm learning to read Braille with him. Um, it's just, it's really awesome to watch him um, just flourish. You know, he's just doing amazing and he's just this happy, funny, cheery kid. He loves telling jokes. He loves, um, he loves people. Um, he loves like, getting, getting attention, you know, being the center of attention. Um, and he's so sweet. Everybody's his friend. Um, that's just how he thinks everybody's his friend. Um, and so he's just, he's just awesome. And then Chandler, um, we call him our little wild child. He is, um, he's like the perfect, um, counterpart for Christian. So, um, not that they never fight, they, you know, they fight like brothers and they'll fuss about things, but like, he's just, 
he's so Chandler is so empathetic. Um, and yet at the same time, he's all boy. And so he doesn't mind to like tackle Christian and wrestle with him and, you know, things like that. But then, you know, when Christian has a need, Chandler is, is four and he can, he can like spot those needs. And without me having taught him, he is willing to like fulfill that need for Christian. If Christian is searching for something and it's really close to him, but he can't find it, Chandler will notice that and he'll go put it in Christian's hand, you know, and, and at four years old, it just blows my mind to see the empathy that he has. Um, and, and it's not just for Christian. It's, it's, you know, it's for everybody. He's just, um, he's just, he's amazing. And, and he, and he is our wild child. He's the one that's like climbing on the tables and climbing the walls. And one day I'm going to be like, get off the roof. Um, you know, he's just, he, he's, he's just the perfect compliment to our family, you know, and he's taught Christian a lot of things about, you know, how to be a, a typical little boy who gets in trouble. And, um, he taught Christian how to climb up on the sink and turn the sink on when they were younger, because that's something that Christian wasn't going to learn on his own. And I wasn't about to teach him. So Chandler filled in the gap there and taught him. Um, so they're always learning from each other and, um, and they're hilarious when they get together, they like to laugh and joke and cut up with each other. And, and it's just, it's, I'm just lucky that I get to be their mom and I just get to be a part of it, you know? That's so great. So awesome. Um, can I ask you to, uh, what what made you feel like you wanted to share your story more widely, like doing the YouTube video, um, writing the book, and what what prompted you to to do that? Yeah, um, so the the original like thought in my mind was we were getting a lot of um, not necessarily negative attention. Um, sometimes it was negative, but a lot of times it was just attention. Um, unwarranted attention. Um, like I couldn't, I couldn't go to the grocery store and grab, you know, my groceries without being stopped multiple times. Um, people just, I mean, and they were mostly curious. Um, mostly we had a few people who were kind of rude, but most of the time it was just people who were curious or we'd just get stares, um, that made me uncomfortable or, um, people would be whispering and I could hear it. And, you know, and I got so tired of it. Um, and emotionally it was when Christian was really young and emotionally I wasn't prepared for it and I wasn't, you know, able to handle it as well as I am now, but I've had a lot more practice now. Um, and so originally, um, so originally I, I, I didn't know that, there was this stigma attached to having a disability or looking different. And so I had no idea that, um, that people were going to look at Christian and think anything other than this is a person, you know, um, and, and they do. Um, and that really bothered me because I felt like people weren't getting that. They weren't seeing who Christian was, um, because they couldn't get past what he looked like. And, um, and, you know, and then as his mom, I'm like, this is a beautiful, precious little baby. And, um, and, and I got to let people know like this, this cannot be how he grows up. This cannot be the world that he grows up in. And so I started with the YouTube video, my very first ever YouTube video. And, um, it, my plan was just to like share it with people when they asked me about Christian. And, um, so, it it sort of just took on a life of its own. And I had no intention of ever like 
like having like a social media platform um, or I had no intention of ever like writing a book about our lives. I didn't think anybody would be interested enough to read a book about our lives. Um, and I had no, I had no intention of like of any of it. It just sort of was one of those things where, you know, like I just, I did my part and, and God handled the rest. And um, it's been, it's been like a worldwide revolution about, um, you know, acceptance and disability and facial difference and, and just love and, and treating people with kindness. And, um, so, I mean, originally I just want, I just wanted Christian to be loved and accepted for who he was, um, outside of his disability and outside of, you know, his physical appearance. And, um, and that's kind of where it started. And, and it was really just a mama wanting her son to have the best life possible. Um, and, and it has turned into this huge thing, which has been awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm just sort of like along for the ride. I feel like <laughs> just yeah. wherever it's going, I'm riding along, but, um, I definitely didn't calculate or plan any of that. So, yeah. 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 Um, it, it, kind of just hearing your answer too, and just listening to you, um, like my podcast is called spirituality for ordinary people. And yeah. it's really cool to talk to you because you have, I guess in some ways, extraordinary circumstances, but you're an ordinary family. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's kind of cool, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I guess everybody's kind of just an ordinary person in their own yeah. Um <laughs> So I, I love that. Um, I, I want you to as well, if there are people listening um, who maybe have not heard about you or have maybe struggled with a disability themselves or their parents of a child who has a disability, like what advice might you might you give to them? Um, so my advice would be to go read the poem called Welcome to Holland. Um, it was, um, an amazing thing for me when I first read it. Um, and, and basically the premise of the poem is you plan this beautiful trip to like some tropical Island. And I forget what they said, like Cancun or something, you know, Hawaii, some beautiful tropical Island and you get on the plane and you end up in Holland and you're really upset because this is not where you were supposed to be. And there's no tropical beaches and everybody else is living it up on the beach, drinking drinks out of coconuts in their bathing suits. And you are stuck in Holland with windmills. And so, yeah. And so, you know, the whole premise of the poem is you're in Holland, you have to stay. And so what are you going to do? Well, you just, you know, you try to make the best of it and you start to realize that Holland is beautiful and it has, you know, beautiful scenery and the windmills are actually really cool. And and it's just this beautiful place with beautiful culture. And it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. And while everybody else is enjoying the beach, you're getting this unique experience that not everybody gets. And so there is so many things to appreciate about it, um, even though it's not where you planned on going. Um, and it's just one of those things that really touched me when I read it for the first time, because I was like, yes, this is exactly how I feel. This is not what I planned. This is not what I asked for, what I wanted, but man, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And I'm a better person for it. Um, you know, if I'd been laying on the beach, I wouldn't be who I am today, you know? So I appreciate it. I'm I'm thankful for it. And, And so, you know, that's my advice to people, who are sort of dealing with a similar circumstances that, you know, it, it initially you think the worst, you think, Oh no, you think, you know, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. And and it might be, but, um, but just wait, because it is going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
maybe everybody everybody should go read that poem. I will yeah. find I will find it and provide a link to it somehow. Yeah, it's great. Um, on the on the show notes. Um, what about just people who are facing adversity as well? Like it sounds like you've had to face up to that, and just how do you how do you personally stay connected to God even now? And um, you know what kinds of things do you do? Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is that I stay connected um, in a church that is very scripture driven um, and that is willing to pray for me and be a community, like a real community of people who I can just say, um, that was Christian blowing a horn. Um, <laughs> um you know, I just have that, that support. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I make sure that I stay in scripture and that I have time with God. I try to do it every single day. And there are days that I miss or there are days that I don't get enough. Um, and especially when the kids were younger and I could only get like a one minute here, five minutes here and everything kept getting disrupted because the kids were small. Um, I just decided that whatever time I could get with God every day, if it was five minutes that were interrupted six times, that was better than nothing. Um, and so I just really try to, um, stay in scripture myself and, and listen to what God is saying to me and where he's leading me. Um, and, um, cause I'm a big planner and so I like to plan things <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, I like to be in control. Um, and so I have to stay centered in scripture to remember that it's not all up to me and that, um, you know, making plans is fine, but if I need to diverge and get off of that road and that's what I need to do. And other, if I don't do that, I just, I get so focused on my plan that I, you know, I forget. Um, that God has a plan for me as well. And so, yeah, so staying in a church that, um, that is a, a Christian community for me and, and scripture are the two biggest things that I do, um, I think, to stay connected um, to God. Um, and, and, you know, other than that, I just, I try to stay conscious and aware of, um, of like just the small things that, that, in everyday life that, you know, are like just things to be thankful for. Um, you know, and I feel like just having this, I try to keep this attitude about me of positiveness and gratitude. Um, and, uh, you know, check my ego and act, you know, I, I just try to be careful about not acting like God owes me something. Um, and, and that, that sort of like, I, I'm just conscious of that and aware of that all the time because, um, it's so easy when you have a hard circumstance to slip into like self pity and, um, and self doubt. And, um, and, and I just have to stay on top of that, um, for myself personally, because I will get into, um, like self doubt and, and, and start feeling sorry for myself. And it does mean no good at all when I start feeling sorry for myself. And, um, and, and so I just try to, I try to stay aware of, of my emotions and how I'm feeling about stuff like that and sort of try to remind myself of the blessings that I have. Um, because I really am blessed. Um, and I know that some people will look at me and say, well, but all these hard circumstances, you know, but those are just small potatoes compared to how blessed I really am. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. When you say that you are staying in scripture, do you do you have a and, and you're also a planner? And now I'm going to ask you: Do you have a plan? Like, is there something that you, or do you just like open up your Bible to wherever and away you go? Or so I've tried both, and just opening my Bible and reading, um, I don't do as well with just randomly opening it somewhere because um, I, I let, I'll jump around a lot when I do that, um, and so um, I like to have um, like a guided reading. Um, I love to like pick a book of the Bible and I'll find a good study on it. I'll do some research and find a good study um, and really like um, just study that book because a lot of times just me reading the scripture, um, I don't glean everything from it that, you know, like historical things that were going on at the time and stuff like that, that might matter. Um, and, um, and when I can follow a study and, and, you know, understand like nuances that I wouldn't get, like just cultural norms at the time and things like that, that really mattered um, to the story that I don't understand, um, make a huge difference for me. So I really like to follow those. And sometimes I'll just do like devotionals. Um, I'm in a, like a daily devotional right now that's just geared toward women. And it's just, it's really awesome. And it just deals with like things that women might deal with on a daily basis and stuff like that just really helps me just in like the broader sense, refocus. But my favorite thing to do is to um, to really like pick a book and find a study and really dig into that one book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think some people kind of need help. Like it's good to just sort of say, um, yeah, read the Bible every day and find yeah. there and to have some sort of plan or something that's going to help guide you along that so that you're not it's almost like not relying on ourselves. Cause I feel like sometimes we're, um, we're pretty faulty. Like it'll just be like, I'll either go to my favorite places or I'll go to a place that is not helpful. So something. We should probably close up. We've been talking for a bit and I know your kids probably <laughs> need, uh, need a bit of their mom. Um, but where can people go to connect with you online or to find your book? Yeah, so um, I am on Facebook um, on Lacey and Christian Buchanan. That is Christian's Facebook page um, where I just post updates about him and what's going on in his life. Um, That's my biggest platform. Um, And then the book, um, the easiest place I think to find it is on Amazon. Um, So you can just search for my name or for the title of the book, Through the Eyes of Hope, and it should come up for you. Okay. And I'll just provide links for people if they want to go to the the show notes for that. Uh, Thanks so much, Lacey. We could talk even longer if if we had the time and we were able to do that. But I really appreciated you coming on and, and sharing your story today. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lacey Buchanan. She was just so amazing to talk to. Again, if you want to find the show notes for this episode with links to the poem that she talked about, but also her Facebook page and her book, just go to spiritualityfororordinarypeople.com slash Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y. And if you want to enter the giveaway where you could potentially win a copy of Lacey's book, but also 23 other titles, pretty huge giveaway. Uh, you can do that at spiritualityfororordinarypeople.com slash giveaway. So again, thanks for listening today and take care. Bye.